right, I have to tell us just a story before yes. this starts. Because I woke up to the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> and it is a text from my mom. <laughs> so my mom sends me three text messages this morning. The first is a picture. And this picture won't help anybody else here, but I'll show it here. It's a mugshot of someone who vaguely... I guess kind of looks like me. It looks quite because, a bit because like because our you. view, yeah. yeah, because our view of that is kind of blurry. It yeah. actually kind of does. Yeah, it looks, looks a like lot you. like you. So she sends me that picture, and then the text <laughs> message: "Have you been arrested?" <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell her yes? Well, and then the next text message after that, because I just I didn't enlarge the picture i just looked at it the same way y'all just did it first yeah said, well, well but i mean you probably knew that you hadn't been arrested well yeah no i was aware i hadn't been arrested um, <laughs> and then she said sorry just realized what he was arrested for should not have sent that what and, was it what and was so it? What i clicked it? on the image and it shows what he's arrested for in the image what is it Man who considers himself a furry confesses to LPD 1,000 acts of bestiality with dog. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's the message I get from my mom this morning, asking if I... Do you, think, do you think that's worse than murder when your parents find out? I think it might be. Like, if you kill one person or you bone a 1,000 dogs or you bone a dog a 1,000 times, I think that's... Is that worse? I well, mean... I, I think it depends a lot on, on why you killed the person. If if you killed them just to watch them die, that's got to be worse. If, mm, but, yeah, if, okay. but if you killed them so that you could fuck a thousand dogs, that's way worse. Yeah, that's true. That is even worse. Like some the things are, make, make it your title. Are you now Fry the Murderer or are you Fry right. the Dog Fucker? Right, exactly. There's got to be... Uh, I feel like it's it's almost like a fantasy title, like the, the Fry of the Thousand Dogs or something like that. <laughs> I don't think we should use euphemisms when people are doing horrible things to animals. Uh, also, if you're just a murderer, you'll blend in with all the other murderers. We got lots of them here. Yeah, there's probably not like a whole ward for people who have thucked, fucked a four-digit number of dogs. <laughs> And you know what's best? The dog can't Jeez. consent. So it's not like, it, it's not your fry the dog fucker. It's like fry dog your, the dog raper. Yeah. You're, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah be, you know well, what? That's, well, that's well, true. And before we get too far into that, we should clarify, Fry did not do this. This was just a <laughs> right, yeah, kind I, of sort of vaguely looks like it. Yes. Let's clarify yeah. that. And then the other thing, is, as my wife and I were discussing this photo this morning, because it was absolutely worthy of discussion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the the man in that photo looks a good deal younger than me. Yeah, and he does. So I noticed I that. I briefly considered the idea of just responding back to my mom. Oh, oh and this saying, old photo, my son. <laughs> <laughs> no, my son. Where have you gone astray? As your father, I must kill you. If only I'd hell. been there at any point in his life to teach him <laughs> thousands of dogs. Oh my god, that's so gross! All right, boys, <laughs> let's get, let's get started. It was just the right way to kick off the morning before a comedy podcast. Is your mom asking so if you maybe fucked a thousand oh dogs? Oh my god! All right, that's enough of that. Warning: This podcast contains spoilers, but you shouldn't care. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This, a celebration of mediocrity. In this, and indeed every episode, Russ and Fry will try to convince their friend James why he should watch an absolutely unnecessary film. Hey James, watch this. 
Hi everybody, welcome to Hey James, Watch This. I am James. I'm Russ. And I'm Fry. And I would like to talk about the man who invented Christmas. <laughs> What'd you think? You know, I really didn't want to like this movie. I went in, I saw the tropes, I went in, I knew every scene before it was going to happen, but you know what? I liked it. <laughs> Just like, not, like, it's not a good movie, but I'll put it on in the background. Yeah, it's background. Fine. Yeah, it's it's a fine, it's not as good as the Muppets version, but it's doing no. something different, and it, I'm recommending this with, with a lot of like little asterisks, right? Like <laughs> it, it, it being the Christmas season and you're not watching it intently. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> Good job. I really didn't want to, but I did. Put it on while you're lacing up your new shoes and pay more attention to those. Yeah. And I don't have any notes this time because of the, I watched it in the way in which it was intended to be watched, which is tidying up the kitchen, you know, <laughs> setting up the decorations, Good. you know, getting the trees out, that kind of thing. So. What do we have today? Jingle bells. We've got a treat today. (laughs) Oh? A man. (laughs) As indifferent and background noise as the man who invented Christmas is, holy dog shit. Everything that that was, this movie is not. Uh, God, 100,000% in the other direction here, which is uh, not mathematically correct. But The wheel demanded (laughs) foreign Christmas, and uh, Fry wanted a movie that dealt with KFC and Japan's love thereof at the holidays. Oh, yes. And so that's where a lot of our focus went to, was trying to find like Japanese Christmas movies that might feature KFC. And we found a Japanese Christmas movie, that has no KFC, but it has every other fucking thing that has ever been. <laughs> it really does. It, it, the funny thing is, this movie, you're like uh, halfway through it. Be- there's so much to do in this movie, you're halfway through it before you realize it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. I, I guess I should ask some trivia. Mm. On untitled.txt, the scores are sitting at Fry 57, James 55. And I hope you brought your sleigh bells and Rudolph's disembodied nose and whatever other festive (laughs) things you got shoved up your ass because it's Christmas time, damn it. Let's Christmas this thing. (laughs) In Mickey's Christmas Carol, who does Mickey play? Scrooge. No. Marley. No, it's Bob Cratchit. Uh, oh, yes. right. <laughs> On my end, Fry yeah. froze in the middle of that. And so he went, ah. <laughs> That's, yeah, yes. It was pretty hilarious. Arendelle is the name of the fictional kingdom in which Disney Frozen. Movie? Oh, right out of the gate with that one. Very good. What is Jack Skellington's title in The Nightmare Before Christmas? The Pumpkin King. The Pumpkin King. Nicely done. Speaking of Nightmare Before Christmas, who's the villain? Sand? No. No. Uh, oh, it's the that Boogie trash. Man. The, uh, yeah. what's, what's his name? Um, Oogie Boogie. Oh, Oogie Boogie. Nice. In How the Grinch Stole Christmas, what is the main dish at the Who's Dinner? Roast Beast. Very good. One Y'all of my are Christmas festive favorites. today. <laughs> In the Christmas Chronicles, which character is portrayed by Kurt Russell? The Christmas Chronicles? What the hell is that? 
Never even heard of this. I, I think I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, but I want to take a stab at it regardless. I'm going to say Santa. <laughs> well, James just got it. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay. I thought it had to be something a little bit more obscure. I was going to be like, is he... Uh, is he the, the anti-Santa? Is he Krampus? Is he something like that? <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, Fry. When you know nothing, it's very difficult to overthink a problem. <laughs> you know, that is that you had the benefit of ignorance there. Yes. It's like watching The Flash and there's reverse Santa. He's all yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In Klaus, Jasper is training to become what? What is Klaus? I don't, man. I Klaus is the uh, the up? fish from American Dad, I believe. <laughs> I don't think that's the Klaus. He's Did y'all not see to. Klaus? I don't believe no. I've seen Klaus. Oh, you should. It's it's very cute. It came out in 2019, I believe, and uh, it is uh, a Netflix animated Christmas movie. And oh, that's it's why I didn't really see it. Okay. super cute. It's good. Okay. Uh, what what is the um, what was the question again? Let's just let's just take a stab at it. Yeah, yes, we, in, we can do this. In Klaus, Jasper is in training to become what? An elf. No. Hmm. Um, a reindeer. No. A cobbler. Ah, it is a postman, boys. Ah, uh, uh, we we had we had uh, we were uh, not about close. as much chance. To <laughs> we were not close. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Uh, let's see. From Home Alone, what kind of pet does Buzz have? Pet. Oh, is that the pigeon? No, no, no. Buzz is the the annoying older brother. Oh, he's got a snake. No. Does he have like a turtle? No. Or do oh. guys have turtles on the brain for some reason? <laughs> I wonder why. Well, boys, that was uh, a tarantula. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, right. Yeah, right, right, right. In National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, instead of the Christmas bonus he so wanted, what does Clark's boss give him instead? Probably more work. No. Oh, he no. He, he. I remember this. He gives him. Oh, it's such a shitty. Oh, Ten dollars Starbucks think, gift card. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like a gift certificate, I think, or something. Or oh, no, no. Ham. It's 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 like a canned turkey or a canned ham or something. It's like canned food, I think. Well, James, you're not too far off, but you're. I, I can't give you a point for that one because not it is a one year membership to the Jelly of the Month Club. That's yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> God. I'm, shitty, I'm just shitty, listing shitty. things I've actually gotten as Christmas bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> to be I, fair, uh, the, ha- the ham was really good, so I, I can't be too upset, I guess. Wait, was it a canned ham? No, it was a gift certificate from ham for ham from Honey Bank Ham Company. <laughs> if, oh, well, I mean, yeah, their hams are fine. A I don't, gift I certificate yeah. for ham. <laughs> yes. I don't understand why they don't just give you the the dollar value of the like. I just don't understand. Because if someone like, gave me fifteen dollars as a Christmas bonus, I might be insulted. But if someone gives me a fifteen dollar ham for, I'm still insulted. You should I'm still, still be insulted. Very much insulted. <laughs> but that is I'm full. Heat capitalism. <laughs> a gift certificate for ham. <laughs> I bought you it's a like ham future. It's like you're working for Henry Ford and you can only shop at the company <laughs> store with his like Ford bucks or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's funny. Do you, do they still have those um, kiosks at the mall where you can buy sausages at Christmas time? Oh, I, as far as I know, the last time I was there, they I, still had them. I have not been to a mall in many years. I haven't years. either. But God, I love the, my. It was, it became a, 
almost a joke in my family because my like mom would get me a giant sausage for Christmas <laughs> from those places, and I really liked it. <laughs> like good sausages. Oh, is that the same place that sells the gift baskets with the cheese? And yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, it's, yeah. it, it has some it's innocuous a, name. It's like it's su- like Summer Farms or something. Yeah, yeah it's something I, like I, that. I, I like those places to be there for ambiance, but I don't think I've ever bought a single thing from there. Oh fuck, those! That's you funny. you can give those to people, and it it really sends the message: Hey, I was thinking about you, and didn't have any idea what you wanted. <laughs> I was thinking about you, but not very hard. <laughs> You like meat and cheese, right? Those are good <laughs> sometimes. Uh, if I give permission. you food that will last a year, will you at some point eat it that year? <laughs> and that was the best part because you could you you didn't have to refrigerate it. You could leave it out. Yeah. I I I I've never liked the sausages they sell, but I do like the the cheese spreads that they have. Those oh yeah. Are fun. Those are good. Oh, permission to change this podcast title to Gift Certificate for Ham. <laughs> oh, I would laugh. That sounds like anyway. a spinoff podcast we do during the holidays. Oh, fuck. That'd be great. Uh, and, all, it's, and it's just bullshit like that. It's unlistenable. Yeah. Like you're just talking about, oh, remember this? <laughs> Back in my day. I should mention well, that was several years in a row I got gift certificates for ham for Christmas. <laughs> wow. I don't think I've ever received a Christmas bonus. The companies that I work for that had bonus programs were paid out in like the third quarter, but but way but before the holidays. And probably not in ham. <laughs> no, it was money, and it was a significant amount of significant amounts of money. My office is still on the hybrid model, and so oh, yeah. the company wide Christmas party was yesterday, and I did not go <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, I, it was Friday. Why the hell would I go into the office on a Friday? And yeah, that's a bad plan for a Christmas party. They had a you don't have to be there to win raffle, and I've won something, and I don't know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> the best possible outcome. I didn't go to the party, and I got free and I got shit. something. I hope it's a gift certificate for ham. I fucking hope it's ham. What a a turnaround that would be. Yeah, but it's free. It's not replacing a Christmas bonus. Well, and and your final question (laughs) after that lengthy segue. (laughs) What is the highest grossing Christmas movie to date? Home Alone. Ah, Good guess. No, it was until 2018. Oh, Oh, it's uh, James Cameron's Avatar. No. Wait, wait. Uh, highest grossing Christmas movie. So you, it's a 2018 Miracle movie? on 34th Street. 2018 movie. Oh, 2018. That's yeah. much more recent than I was expecting. Yeah, Fry was right. It was Home Alone up until 2018. Oh, I see. Working with out-of-date information here. Oh, is it that Santa Sleigh movie? <laughs> <laughs> with Bill Goldberg? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's got to be the... No, the Polar Express is older than that. Quite. Um, oh, it's uh, I know it's uh, it's uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. <laughs> no, that was earlier. Yeah, that was earlier. Hmm. Yeah, I I can't come up with anything. So here's the worst part, James. I would have hmm. given you credit for that. However, you specified it was yes. Jim Carrey's. The oh, Grinch it was the other one because oh. it is The Grinch animated 2018. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, I was very specific about that. I'm fine with not getting that. <laughs> well, nicely done, boys. That was that was an impressive performance there. Uh, that was two to Fry, putting him at 59, and three to James, putting him at 58. Oh no! Ooh. 
Wow. James, does the name Sion Sono mean anything to you? It does not. Okay. Well, Sion Sono is a very prolific and very insane Japanese director. <laughs> and he wrote and directed a Christmas movie. I was going to say writer-director? <laughs> yes. And apparently this was a passion project for him. Oh, good. I, I texted Fry, I might have a new favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is 2015, and this is Love and Peace. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I I knew nothing about this director, so I'm, I'm going in blind, same as you. And mm. what a crazy goddamn movie this is. <laughs> uh, if at any point you think you've figured out what the movie is, it's then going to do something you weren't expecting it to do. This movie stars uh, a young man named uh, Rio. He is a mm -hmm. failed musician who has started taking a job and uh, just he's just a clerk somewhere. And we find all this out about him in perhaps the best way I've ever found out a character's backstory. There's not like a montage of him going to work and getting increasingly more depressed. He wakes up to a newscast where a whole panel of journalists are discussing his personal failures as a human being. <laughs> whoa there's an added joke in here that won't that western audiences won't get all of the academics that were discussing his very personal life on this news program are actual famous japanese academics like oh that's even better oh really <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so they're they're just ripping into him as he wakes up and so we we see a day in this guy's life and oh it's it's so sad he lives in a a very small apartment that is is very cluttered, and he, he sleeps under his uh, dining table. What are those called, Russ? Kotatsu. Yes, he sleeps under his kotatsu. It's a heated table. Probably warm, probably cozy. We see him go to work, and he is just... A, he is intensely nervous being around people at all times. Uh, but mm -hmm. B, that is because everyone in the world bullies him. <laughs> <laughs> Except for one other coworker named Yuko, who is just nice to him. Which, yeah. in a world where everyone is a monster to him all the time, that's, that's still a lot. And when Fry says everyone, this dude is walking down the street and strangers are pointing and laughing at him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do, do we have any context at this point for why this is? Or is it just... I took it to be that this is him, like... This is partially from his point of view, and yeah. ah, after his okay. his failures, he has just massive anxiety levels, and just so is this meant to be taken literally that people are doing this? Eh, uh, watch the rest of the movie. Uh, <laughs> you'll you'll get a feel for the vibe. You you'll get okay. a feel for the vibe real quick. So he goes to lunch that day at work in this little park, and there's a guy selling turtles there, and he's yeah. like. Maybe I'll be less pathetic if I have a pet. So he, he buys himself a pet turtle. <laughs> so many people have thought that. <laughs> and he takes it home, and mm -hmm. we get this, this wonderful sequence with him and his pet turtle, who he eventually names Picadon, uh, which we find out is a, a nickname for an atomic bomb, or for the atomic bomb. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, it, it refers to, as my wife helpfully explained to me, Picadon is the automatopoeia for the detonation of an atomic bomb. Oh, Jesus. It refers to the bright flash of light followed by the wall of sound. 
Wow. Pika quite Dawn. A name for a turtle. Yeah. And it's, it, it is, I want to make sure we're clear. This is a tiny little, you know, handheld turtle, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I figured. Well, first he uh, gets dressed in a ridiculous rock and roll outfit and plays songs for him and talks about how, you know, this is who he really is. Like, he's a clerk by day, but really he's so he this plays, great rock So he star. plays guitar or what? Yeah. yeah, guitar. And then he sets up, like, a, a game of life equivalent and has the turtle run around on it and then acts as though he is getting the, the money and stuff that the turtle is stopping on. <laughs> this guy's really sad. How they got this animal footage is... I don't know like how many second units they had working on this. <laughs> the turtle is an actor. Like I don't yeah. know. I, don't, I have no idea how they did this. I, there's a couple of places where I'm like, is that is, is that CGI? Like because it's a little turtle that's like emoting. I can't. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so he he decides to write down his own hopes and dreams onto like a a miniature life board, and have the turtle walk down the pathway there and you know act as though he is getting his dreams of joining a band becoming famous, and eventually headlining at uh, Japan Stadium. Yeah. And so we, we see him do all of this, and then he goes back to work the next day, and what does he do? He brings his turtle with him. It's his little emotional what? support turtle. It's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> One of his co-workers notices uh, the turtle head poking out of his pocket, and <laughs> before long, everyone in the building, aside from Yuko, is mocking him. And... Yuko can't really do anything to stop it. She's she she is you know she mouths to him like it's okay, like just trying to give him like some support, but not able to stand against all of the other rest of the people in the office. Yeah, <clears throat> and I want to take a moment here uh, because I worry you may not be picturing this correctly at this point, and it's important that you have an idea of how to picture this. <laughs> Every okay. individual actor in this movie just goes to 11 with how they emote, with how they yes. act. Like, every single... Like, Rio isn't just pathetic. He is the most pathetic. The bullies aren't just mean. <laughs> they are the meanest. They at one point... all chewing the scenery. At, late, later, after, after they find the turtle, they cover his desk in hazardous waste stickers, including covering him in hazardous waste stickers. <laughs> this is a trademark of Sono. Uh, if you watch... A lot of his movies, I don't think he has ever given the direction to an actor less. Yeah, I, I don't believe he's ever said those words. He, he will. He, I, I, I picture your first day working on one of his movies. Like you get up there and you do a normal read, and he goes, "Absolutely not. Uh, I'm, I'm going to need <laughs> you to do close. that again, but screaming." Yeah. <laughs> Every, you know, in a way, every actor does look like they're overacting so hard because they're terrified of something. Uh, <laughs> like there's this, there's this raw animal fear at the back of their overacting <laughs> uh, that, that really, really tells you how hard the director's working. Yeah. So as, as everyone in the building is mocking him, he runs to a bathroom stall to try to just shut out the laughing voices, but they're still laughing at him outside the bathroom stall. And written on Jeez. the bathroom stall walls are more, pro, are, are more like how pathetic you are. It's, oh it's graffitied. Him specifically, it's like how terrible Rio is written on the bathroom. So in a moment of panic, he flushes the turtle. Oh my god. <laughs> And then immediately regrets it, but it is too late for 
you can't unflush the turtle, as the yeah, old saying you, the, goes. Famously, toilets very difficult to unflush. <laughs> you can't unring a bell. You can't unflush a toilet. <laughs> And so he just gets super depressed about what he's done. And I have a very important question. Yeah. Do we see the turtle again? Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> yes. I have an important follow-up question. Has the turtle become mutated? Not, not yet. Not yet. Stop okay. jumping ahead. So the movie now splits in two. It has followed Rio solely <laughs> up until this point, but now it follows Picadon for a while. And... <laughs> And we see this this epic journey of this turtle floating on this scrap of wood down the sewer, like perfectly like perfectly balanced, like taking in his environment, like, huh, okay. And finally he happens upon a, a place in the sewer where there's a little landing and a person has built a little home there. Mm-hmm. And it is essentially the Tokyo equivalent of the island of misfit toys. <laughs> uh, all of the toys and pets that people have abandoned throughout the year wind up here yes. wow. and a very kind gentleman who they refer to as pa and who mm-hmm. always carries a bottle of suntory whiskey with him <laughs> adopts the turtle as he has adopted everything else now i should say many of the other toys and animals here can speak yeah um, and they are all very excited at the uh, addition of a newcomer. So they... This footage is wild! There's so many puppets and so many animals. It is the yeah. craziest guy. And it, they're all talking... over I the also, top. I also want to point out that the actor who plays Paw is Toshiyuki Nishida, who is mm-hmm. one of the most distinguished Japanese actors working today. <laughs> <laughs> he is the president of the Japan Actors Union. He is the vice president of the Japan Academy Film Prize Organization Committee and is a recipient of the Order of the Rising Sun. Oh my god. Amazing. I did not know that and that makes this performance as just a an over the top drunken bum who talks to toys and animals amazing. As he's going to bed that night, all the other toys say, "Hey, why don't you give the turtle friend some of the candy that makes it so he can talk, so we can talk to him while you're asleep. <laughs> Some of the magic talkie candy. Of course. And, you know, you have. I had this lovely moment of like, wait, we're introducing candy that makes it so things can talk? Yeah. And then I was like, well, at least we explained why the toys can talk. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, yeah, I, I feel like maybe that detail's unnecessary. Like, they could have just cut to the turtle talking later. No, we're not this doing detail- that. This you're the, the there wrong is movie. no fat on this movie. Everything is trimmed right where it needs to be. That detail needed to be there because it's going to come back. Everything comes full circle. Ah, so he Chekhov's goes candy. He goes to get the candy, and mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know how pharmacies work in Japan. I haven't been. <laughs> I hope they are better organized than this, uh, because he has essentially a cauldron over a fire that uh-huh. when he opens it up. Dozens of unlabeled, different colored, glowing marbles essentially shoot out of there. We are to find out these are the candy. Okay. Uh, which, I mean, it's magic candy. It should look magical. I, I, I don't disagree. <laughs> and so after, after cleaning up the candy, he finds one of the speech candies and he gives it to the turtle. I and... don't know why you compared this to a pharmacy. That seems odd. It's a witch's hut. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. 
And he, uh, and the, but the turtle doesn't have anything to say. And they're like, oh, he's probably just still traumatized from being thrown away by his owner. We'll let him rest overnight. Mm-hmm. Now we need to spend a little more time with Ryo, because some things begin <laughs> happening to Ryo after this. Yeah. He takes the next day off of work, because he is completely forlorn about the loss of his turtle. Mm-hmm. And he sees this uh, musician in the park who's playing with a guitar that happens to be shaped in the shape of uh, a giant turtle with elephants on top of it and the land on top of it. Oh, oh my. Yes. And when he first sees her, he he essentially assaults her trying to get close to the picture of the turtle uh, because he just desperately wants to be close to turtles. But it's not like a coordinated assault. It's like a dying man desperate for water assault. And so she just kind of like (laughs) kicks him off and, and leaves him there. And then the next day, she and her band are driving around, and he's just forlornly sitting on the side of the road, because nobody can do anything by half measures in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they kidnap him off the side of the road. What, why, why? Why do they care? And then they put a dog collar and leash on him, and <laughs> they go to their performance of their band called Revolution Q. And mm-hmm. have him as their pet for the set. Well, because oh. make fun of him to the audience about how this yeah. pathetic guy screams every time he sees our guitar. That's pretty weird. <laughs> and then they ask him wait, to sing. Wait, wait, hold, hold on a sec. Is this a Christmas movie? Yes. <laughs> it is such a Christmas movie. You cannot I believe mean... how much of a Christmas movie this is. <laughs> By this point in the movie, I too had forgotten we were supposed to be doing a it's, Christmas movie. It's got and then it, all it the comes in hard. It comes it's got in... all the traditional stuff in it. A massive loser, a little turtle, a magic island full of talking toys. It is a f- Actually, that one. It is a wrecking ball of a Christmas movie. It, <laughs> it does not knock. It blows your front door down. <laughs> yeah. Much like this director when he's trying to recruit people for his films. They eventually, while teasing him, give him a guitar and say, why don't you sing for this crowd? And... He sings this ballad he kind of half-drunkenly composed last night yeah. about his lost turtle that he, he wishes he would see again. But remember, he has named his turtle Atomic Bomb Explosion. Yeah, yeah. And so they see this as a strange anti-war protest song. Ah, okay. Because he's saying like... Well, it, I, I'm really, really glad that they saw it as an anti-war protest song and not like an endorsement of that yeah. kind of thing. Because <laughs> he's got lines in there like, oh, Picadon, I'll never forget you. And uh, you can read that as, I will never forget the atomic bombs that were dropped on Japan. Right, 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 uh, right. Or, I forgot, I lost my turtle who I named Giant Explosion. Yes. He's so good that the there are, of course, this movie doesn't have time to build up to anything. So there are record label people in the audience, and they immediately decide he has to be part of their label. But now... The, okay, hold on. But, I just spit my coffee. But there's a reason for... Now, here's, here's the thing. This movie operates on magic logic. But yeah, yeah. magic exists in this movie, and there's a very specific reason why the record executives happen to be there. So now okay. it's a good time to go back to our turtle friend. Ah. Because he has woken up the next morning. <laughs> yes. And he still can't talk, but he is now the size yes. of roughly a sewer manhole. Yes. And are his, le- are his legs longer? 
Yeah, of course. He's 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 getting bigger in proportion. No, I mean in proportion to his body. No, no, he's not turning into a teenage mutant ninja turtle. I'm Damn. sorry. Okay, he will, right. he will just, not just be bipedal at any point. Yeah, he he, he, he remains he remains turtle proportioned. Okay, all right, fair enough. And Pa explains, "Oh no, I didn't give him the talking candy. I gave him the wish candy that makes the wishes of your uh, that your wishes come true." And this turtle had all the wishes of its owner, but the wish candy. In proportion to the metaphorical size of your wish, makes you literally bigger as the size of your wishes increases. <laughs> that actually seems like a pretty good handicap because you wouldn't want to wish for too much, or you wouldn't be able to enjoy anything you wished for. And and Rio had a very specific wish, and it was to be the biggest rock star. Yes, yeah. he spent a lot of time making sure that turtle knew his wish. <laughs> Meanwhile. Unsurprisingly, the rest of the toys are like, wait a second, what the fuck? You have wish candy and you didn't tell us? <laughs> <laughs> oh my and so God. Paul spends all this time explaining like, look, you know, I don't give you the wish candy because, you know, you're, you, this will happen. You'll turn into a fucking giant because of the wishes you'll want to grant because you're all so Is good. this a kaiju movie? Well. Kind of. It's not it, not a kaiju it, movie. It's not not a kaiju movie. Okay, all right. Now I'm on board. Before I <laughs> before I was interested, now I'm intrigued. So I'm gonna gonna skip a few of the details, and uh, Ryu winds up getting signed to this record label. Although yes. th- th- this moment, I love people take him around the tour, and he's got this whole like massive rock star apartment they're showing him. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I need to think about this. Let me go back home tonight and I'll, I'll sleep on it and think about it. And he tells him to pull back the curtain. And they've turned one room in this massive apartment into a perfect replica of his flat. <laughs> <laughs> as as and, though he would and, somehow need it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, why don't you just sleep here instead? And then when you wake up, you can make your decision. <laughs> Just a great moment. I love, I love that choice. I love that choice because that was done for expediency. We don't need to see him go home. Here he is at an apartment again. Now everyone shut up and watch the <laughs> that's movie. Exa- and that's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. the, Sono, it, I cannot credit him enough as a director. From what I understand, he's a pretty reprehensible human being. But as, <laughs> as a movie director, he, he is such a storyteller. So Rio joins Revolution Q. The son, mm. Picadon, gets worked by the label a little bit, so they replace the words Picadon with love and peace. Ah, okay. And it becomes a, a massive hit, goes very big, and suddenly we realize, oh, hey, he's on his way to uh, accomplishing all the wishes he set out. You know, he kind of, he goes back to his old office and hands out tickets to see his performance, and they're all, like, making fun of him, but Yuko is kind of like, oh, that's, that's actually sweet. And oh, they're still making fun of him? Oh, well, they don't know yet. Well, it doesn't famous. work anymore. Like, they're making fun of him, but he's adopted a rock star persona now. And so it's yeah. like the, 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 they're laughing, but it's Teflon. Yeah, right, he very right, he right. very quickly goes from outcast loser to the king of rock and roll. <laughs> and, 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 and as pathetic as he was as a salaryman, yeah. he is as much a thundering asshole as a rock yes. god. yeah. <laughs> Now it's, it, a, it's it, a biting critique on the record industry. Now I, 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 sh- I should bring this up right here. His song mm. becomes a massive hit just in time for Christmas. Ah, yes, love and peace. That's very appropriate. Gosh. Is that the only thing this movie has to do with Christmas for us? No, no, no. Oh, oh my God, no. Oh fuck no. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. 
No, it doesn't. But, but the worst part is, I'm hoping Fry doesn't go a whole lot further with it because, like, because yeah. the last twenty minutes of this movie are Gonzo. It is off the chain. <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna and, and th- I'm gonna tell you some things you'll see in the last twenty minutes. Well, and, yeah, let's 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 close it up with like your favorite shit that isn't like too much of a giveaway. All you. right. Well, well, we we do. Santa does play a major role in this movie. <laughs> okay, excellent. And, and that's just fantastic. We get an extremely touching scene between a dirty doll and a torn up stuffed cat puppet. <laughs> the, a torn up a stuffed what? Stuffed cat named Sulky. Oh, like a stu- like an actual taxidermied cat. No, well, well he's, like he's a, a puppet. No, like a stuffed animal. He's a he's a oh, puppet. Okay, sorry. He's man, meant to be was... a stuffed animal. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But he's a, he's not an he's... actual cat that was unalived. He's like ambulatory. The way they do the Island of Misfit Toys or the Sewer of Misfit Toys is great because like anything that has to walk, it walks like Team America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like like it just sort of fumbles along, and like it's like you remember, it's like oh, these are clearly supposed to be toys. Yeah, and the, yeah there's also like those. a half dozen dogs just kind of sitting there, happy, like just glad to be there. They have no idea what's going on, but they're just having a good well, time. Well, to be well, to be fair to the movie, dogs are usually pretty chill. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just so happy little guys. So in the last twenty minutes of the movie, we are going to get to see a building-sized turtle. Sweet. Uh, we are going to get to see some army tanks. We are going to get to see a song sung at a concert in a very unconventional way. <laughs> okay. Perhaps one of the most amazing scenes ever put on film. <laughs> <laughs> the conclusion of the Island of Misfit Toys, right? Did that did that make you feel a little bit like sad? Yeah. Yeah. No. The, this. This movie can actually get get into you and make you feel sad a little bit there, with uh, how that part resolves. It tricks you with all the over the top dialogue it and does. acting, and then it hits you with yeah. it, sucker punches you with an emotional. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the opposite of what Tar- Tarantino does, basically. <laughs> but like when the scenes with Paw wrap up, because he, they get their whole the, the toys have their own storyline going on. Yeah. And yeah. when that wraps up, I was like, oh, oh, oh no. okay. Fry, is that is that all you got for for this I, uh, for this movie? There there are so many just crazy moments in this. There's some band drama that oh, actually happens true. well before the twenty minutes. He does publicly announce that he is disbanding the band, and then allows the rest of the band to be his backup singers as he is, considers himself a solo performance artist now. Oh, he's that kind of rock star. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and he, he also, like, literally beats the shit out of a couple of them during this team, this time as well. Jesus. Uh, so, to, yeah, so he's raging asshole. I got it. Raging asshole. But Sounds God, like someone's that, about to learn a Christmas lesson. That turtle sure fucking loves him. Yeah. Uh, the turtle visits him again as a giant and sings a song <laughs> for him. And oh, wow. that becomes his next hit song. Oh, he sings a song for the turtle. Okay, the other way didn't make no, it. No, no, the no, turtle no, sings good. a song. No, you got no, it right. Sings the turtle's... Yeah. You got All it right. right. Well, I think we're going to... Mr. Fry, I think we're going to stop it <laughs> and move on to Russ, uh, who I good. would love to hear uh, philosophize us about this movie. Ooh, I can't wait to hear which way you're going to go. I feel like there's a lot of options with, with this one. <laughs> well, why aren't there new Christmas carols? Hmm. What is the most recent Christmas carol you can think of? I think um, it's got to be from the 60s, right? 50s or 60s? 
Define like define Christmas Carol though. Is, are you just talking about Christmas songs? Because yeah, come a song you play Christmas no, time. Popular it's song, be an at Christmas iconic time. Christmas song that like most people have heard of. If if we're gonna go with iconic, I feel like the newest one I can think of is uh, all I want for Christmas what? is you. Is that newer? Yeah, I carry. That's the that's oh yeah, the that's, that's probably the newest. Yeah. That's the newest one I could think of. But, but that, yeah. that's like really gained traction. Do you know how old that song is? How old? It is twenty eight years old. Yeah, wow. that, that's that that's that's, that's what right. you think. New Christmas Carol. It's it's yeah. a generation old at this point. And, and also, when you hear a new Christmas song like one by like Michael Bublé or something, it's just a <laughs> modern rearrangement of an older Christmas song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear White Christmas every year. Yeah, that song is from 1942. Yeah, and it's also coincidentally the highest-selling single of all time. Um, oh wow! But Wired has has an article about this, and in 2017, this is a great profession name: forensic musicologist Joe Bennett <laughs> from Boston's Berklee College of Music analyzed the elements of the ultimate Christmas song in research commissioned by British shopping center chain Into. <laughs> now, <laughs> perfect. He looked at the Spotify charts for the week of December 25th. Of the top 200 songs, 78 were Christmas or holiday related. Now, lyrically, they all contain something that was either about the home, being in love, lost love, parties, Santa, reindeer, snow, religion, all that kind of nonsense. Yeah. 49% of the tracks featured sleigh bells. 95% were recorded in a major key. And the median mm. tempo was 115 beats per minute. Songwriters Steve Anderson and Harriet Green took all this information and used it as a recipe for the perfect Christmas song. Oh my god. And they wrote, Love's Not Just for Christmas. Then they released this song, the perfect Christmas song, and it didn't even chart. <laughs> This was a new thing that was a mishmash of old ideas, and it went absolutely nowhere. I, I love it when they do art with science, and it goes horribly wrong, and it's like, that's it's yeah, art, man. You, I, can't. You, can't, you can't engineer yourself a perfect song. I mean, you can, but they, they need to work a lot harder. <laughs> Listening to this song feels really weird, by the way. Like... You know there is a timeline where Mariah Carey didn't exist, and this is the most popular Christmas song. It feels really strange. Is this music copyright free? Can we play it on the podcast? Oh, I'm going to play a clip. Okay. Okay. Can I look it up? What's it called? It's called "Loves Not Just for Christmas." God, that's a bad title. Yeah, the titles and the lyrics are (laughs) the lyrics are so bad. Coffee in a Christmas cup? <laughs> the lyrics are wild. The lyrics are AI generated. <laughs> I feel bad for the lady singing this song. Doesn't it feel strange? It's almost like you're one level down from reality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like when you when you when you load into a game and the textures don't load properly and you see the geometry of the landscape yeah. when you're not supposed to. It's identifiably a Christmas song. Yeah, yeah. identifiably a Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> but that magic isn't there. Whatever that, that little spark no. of whatever. I mean, yeah. Compare this to "All I Want for Christmas Is You." That song like slaps. This I feel, song is I feel like kinda... I want to sneak this into a Christmas playlist and yeah. see what people say. Yeah. 
Because no, I think I think I don't think people would notice it immediately. But yeah. after after it's been after the first like minute or forty five seconds, they're gonna go, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> it's it's uncanny valley, but with music. You're like this. This is it's it's almost got like a backrooms thing going on where it's like, oh, yeah. this is this is how how we how we reconstructed your human songs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's the back rooms of Christmas music. We have analyzed oh, all of the Christmas songs and created the best one. That song stu- sucks, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I can't tell you why. It has. I agree. It has everything that a Christmas song should have. But Christmas comes but once a year, and your parents had the same Christmas songs that your grandparents had, and now you have the same ones that your parents had. And the thing is with Christmas music. You don't hear it all year long, and so it never has a chance to get overplayed, like unless you work in yeah. retail. And then, well, of yeah. course, there's the big N-word, no nostalgia. It's familiar, mm. it's safe, and you don't have to sell a new idea. But all this begs a bigger question. Why is there such a dearth of new stories and new movie ideas? And is it po- is it even possible to have an original idea that wasn't based on something that came before? And, of course, the short answer is no, because everything influences everything else. And you can talk about really influential stories as new or original ideas or things that gain their own adjectives like Tolkien stuff. But, you know, yeah. Lord of the Rings is based on loads of concepts that he absorbed over yeah. a long, learned, and interesting life. Christianity, yeah. old English literature, uh, his own German study of philology, um, Norse mythology, his experiences in war. And then you mishmash it all together into this quote-unquote new thing. But yeah. maybe it's silly to think that way. Creating a new recipe is just mixing the same ingredients in a different way. Yeah. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, and what has been will be again. But love and peace feels like a new story. <laughs> it feels like an original experience. This is a chef that has a kitchen full of fermented shark foreskins and centipede hair, and he made the best goddamn meringue you've ever had with it. <laughs> Again, the director is Sion Sono, written and directed by, and I, uh, he couldn't get this picture made for 20 years. And you can see why. It's just so goddamn weird. Can you imagine pitching this? Like, yeah. How do you? And you can point to all the various influences. It's like you, yeah. it's like you were like kaiju right away because it's like here's a turtle that went to the sewer. Of course, it's going to get bigger. Yeah. But they've yeah. never been put together like this before. <laughs> like you never had Santa magic and rock stars and a kaiju and like it, I mean it is a it, here's a new recipe. They've never yeah. been put together like this. And the thing is, the fact that we have another Avatar that just came out, but this didn't get a U.S. release. Shows why you're not going to ever have new Christmas carols. People just yeah. can't handle new ideas. And they should. And that's why you should watch this movie right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to delay. Like, obviously, I'm going to watch this movie. I can't listen to that description and not go, well, I have to know what it's about now. Uh, you're yeah, absolutely you, right. I, I am so glad I saw it, too. It was an amazing you can't, thing. You can't describe that movie... And then go, well, and you probably shouldn't watch it. Like, next, fuck you. Are you, better? you can't stop me from watching it. Uh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Are we going to spin the wheel then? Do we have one more we Christmas have one more movie Christmas in movie. us? All right. Spin the wheel. Well, oh, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, let's do Christmas horror. All right. Christmas yeah. horror. We can end with now, the Christmas I, horror. Let me warn you, boys. 
there's a lot of new ones that just came out, and I definitely watched one of them last night, and I'll have to go check and see which one it was. That's fine. I, they're all very similar. I suspect I, I think, we'll be able to find one. Yeah, yeah. It won't be a problem. But, I mean, there, a bunch of new ones just came out, and I saw one of them. Let me ping you when I figure, remember which one it was. So. Okay. Because I watched it right before The Man Who Invented Christmas, so the tone shift was interesting. <laughs> but uh, didn't ruin my enjoyment of the film. Russ, Fry, what are you watching? <laughs> Do you want to know what, what I found? I can't wait to hear what Russ has got to say. What you got? You should all go watch Gudetama, an excellent adventure. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is one of those shows that I should not have enjoyed as much as I did. Gudetama is a Sanrio character. Okay. Currently the third most popular in Japan after Hello Kitty and uh, oh, that, one that other one that I okay. can't remember. But it just made it to Netflix and it's a uh, CG show about, well, a mix of CG and live action, yeah. about a sentient egg. <laughs> and Gudetama is lazy and depressed and... Aren't eggs supposed to be lazy? Uh, yeah, I, one supposes, but he himself is personified by the yolk sitting on top of the white, and oh, he, okay. and he's raw most of the time. He he can he can shift into different states of egg, sort of at will, <laughs> like fried or scrambled. But he is on an unwitting journey with a uh, another egg that was accidentally fertilized and contained a chick, and oh. uh, it is it is. I shouldn't have enjoyed it. It's so charming. <laughs> it sounds really bizarre. It is that very does sound bizarre. In, like yeah. incredibly bizarre. But now I'm curious. I might look it up. Interesting. And it is and the episodes are 10 minutes long and there's like, you know, 10 of them or something. But All right. Well, Fry, what have you been watching? So I I watched two movies this week that I either hadn't seen before or hadn't seen for a very long time. The first one was with Smoke and Aces, which, God, that's oh, a good yeah, movie. Yeah. Like, I, no, I must not. not have seen it before because I was surprised by how, how good it was. And all it's, the. It's not that good. It's not that good of a movie. Yeah, it's okay. I, it I really time. It. <laughs> okay. And the other one I saw, also quite good, uh, Tokyo Godfathers. I had not oh. watched that before. And. God, that's a beautiful movie. Satoshi Kone, man, left us too early. Oh, yes. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been watching this week. Well, aside from Wednesday Adam Show, which I'm still not sure if I like. Like, I definitely don't dislike it, but I'm just not sure if I want to recommend it yet. Uh, I've only made it to like episode three, so I think Fred okay. Armisen makes a good Uncle Fester. Oh no, all the casting is great. I don't have any any qualms with the casting. I just don't. The story just seems so. It's just really left field from what I was expecting. Yeah. I guess, which is fine. Um, so. I got a game today called High on Life from Justin Roiland, the create one of the creators of Rick and Morty. And oh. the opening sequence, the opening sequence of this game is the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen in a video game. So you are playing as the kid who you're about to play as in the actual game, playing on a computer game. So it's like a first person shooter, <laughs> but it's like old, like kind of Doom style, you know, Wolfenstein okay. 3D, that kind of era. And you're you're playing I don't remember the name of the character in this game. It's like, you know, it's like Dick Masterson. It's like an intentionally yeah. ridiculous name. 
But then you get contacted, right? Normally you're contacted by the general, right? Or by like the, the commander of Earth Defense Force. And, and, and Rick's voice pops up and he goes, hey, uh, it's your, def- it's, it's your uh, divorce attorney. Uh, your, wa- your wife has been uh, sleeping around with all these dudes and you gotta, you gotta kill him. You gotta kill him. They have a sheer consciousness. It's, it's really weird. Don't ask me to explain. It's, oh my God, it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. I saw that it's clip. Like, oh my God, it was amazing. Oh, like it's, I've never, I've never played a game where there was a divorce attorney, and I think it's very funny. Tell, tell me about uh, the double jump. Into, oh, yeah, yeah. So you, he tells you, it's during the tutorial where he's like, look around, and the whole time he's doing this, he's like, it's a second game already, you should know, and just, it, there's no previous game. He's like, it's a second game, you should already know how to do this. And so he says, so it says on the screen, like, press jump. Uh, while in midair, press jump again to double jump, and you do that, you just fall into a pit. And he goes, "Oh, okay. oh no, it's crouch. Actually, it's crouch. We forgot it's, to it's, so we didn't like program the double jump." Into, yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "I can't believe they prioritize crouch over double jump," which is, I, I agree with that sentiment when it comes to shooters. They should be fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying the game. It's definitely not. It's not hard. It's not particularly difficult. It's a very simple game, but it's all about the comedy, right? And then once you get into the actual game itself, the graphics improve and all that. They let you pick your character. You then immediately thereafter put on a suit and never see or hear yourself again. So I don't know. Like, it's fine. You can pick between a variety of different teenagers, I guess. R- Royland voices so. the gun, too, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, yep. uh, and, and the knife and all the other guns. <laughs> And some of the aliens, like, he's great. If you like Justin Roiland's sort of madcap, you, you know, when they were doing uh, interdimensional cable and kind of just basically like, ad living. Yeah. If you like that kind of thing, you'll enjoy this game. If you hate it, don't get it. It's <laughs> it's called High on Life, and I am really enjoying oh, it. Oh, damn. Yeah. It's, it's not a game you play for the challenge of the gameplay, although the gameplay is fun. It is a game you play because you want to hear Justin Roiland get drunk and yell into a mic for four hours. Anyway. That's all I've got. Oh, fuck. Anybody have any other Christmassy stuff they want to say before we sign off? All right. Jingle bells. That as a... <laughs> oh, there. That's very Christmassy, Fry. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Hey James Watch This. Merry Christmas. Have a great. <laughs> How dare you <laughs> not have a very happy Christmas? And don't drink bleach. <laughs> oh, Reindeer. Shit. The.